Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Back in the saddle. Here we are in the saddle, in your ears, being podcasters. Do you ever just think about how odd it is to be a human right now in that like, we're just talking into these small metal devices and people are just listening in their ears. Yeah. But I guess that's been going on for quite a long time. We're just like on purpose recording our conversations and then publishing it for literally the entire world to hear. Right. The entire world to hear, but only nine people in the world. Do smell? I'm not going to comment on that because that's not going to happen. I just took a shower. No, I know you did. Yeah. You're looking at my feet. I just want everyone to know you're looking at my feet. I know. When I asked you if my feet smell, it was really my way of saying, I don't know. It just kind of smells like feet over here. <laughs> it's well, fine. Yeah. I'll just face this way. <laughs> just so you know, listeners, yeah. the way that we record these is always, always actually for yeah. years now on a couch. Yep. And we're in like a little puzzle. Leg, leg puzzle. Like a little leg puzzle yeah. where we're facing each other, but my legs are stretched out. And then his legs are stretched out. Yeah. And they're fit together. But that means that uh, everyone's feet are in everybody else's face. (laughs) Yeah. It's called feet face. It's called feet face. That's how we do it. Try it sometime. That's how we do it. All right. This episode is uh, hopefully going to be a fun one for you listeners because we're looking back on the entirety of my life, (laughs) all of it. And we're going to take you through every year. Every smoldering detail. We're not. And then we're going to look at every detail of Wayne for the past four years because Wayne basically turned four years old in March of this year. You told me that and I could not believe it. You know what's really weird to me? COVID is a time-ass warp. I do uh, I do a manual payment tracking for every single one of our customers. Yeah, I know Every that. single payment that you're, they do. You're telling the listeners because I know that. And I'm telling you too, just so you remember <laughs> that I do this every single day of our lives. I know. And I... I realized this in January was the first time it happened, or maybe it was March was the first time it happened. I think March would have been the first time. Anyway, like I'm doing the payments right now as of recording this, and it's a June, and it's the fourth June that's like in the list of June. It's so weird to see oh. four Junes. So you have like June 2018, June 2019. June 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where but it starts. that feels weird. Wild. All right, so where do we want to go from here? We're going to do- Don't uh, skip the Pramvel. Oh, okay, sorry. Oh, well, I was just going to say we're going to talk about 44 things. Right? Because we have so many. Or are we going to tell them about our math? Okay. Yeah. So originally, our idea was 40 things that Jason's learned about life from because yeah. he's turning 40. And then we were like, that's so many things. So what also we decided... <laughs> there's a bug. Bugs. So what we decided is, since Jason's 40 yeah. and Wayne is four, right. we're going to do f- 10 things. Right. <laughs> That's how it works. Because 40 divided by 4 equals 10 and also math. That's what seems right. And all of you who remember the episode where we miscalculated the number of fights that we've had over the course of our relationship (laughs) will remember that math is our strong suit. Yeah. So... You know what we hadn't done when we recorded that episode? We hadn't traveled full time together. That's right. We're really racking up the total. Those numbers are getting real. We're kidding. Okay. Cranbell, we're doing some travel updates before we get into that? Yes. So don't forget. So before we get into the meat of the episode. Those of you who just like to tune in for the travel updates, this is your time segment. Great job. The Pram Bell. Uh, where we last left you off in the last episode, that was a huge catch-up episode. Recap, recapped. 
Holy cow. Yeah, Those hope of you, you enjoyed it. who got into that one, congratulations. I mean, it wasn't that long, though. It was just a lot of things. four countries, yeah. many, many weeks. Where we last left you off, we had just, we spent a week in Crete yeah. at a resort called the Royal Senses Resort and Spa, yeah. which we booked specifically for your 40th birthday, so it yeah. ties in well. We have a YouTube video coming if you want and a lot of details. And we have a YouTube video, because I don't think we went into too many details, but... Boy, we just enjoyed that week so much. We have a, an entire video just dedicated to what the experience was like at the resort. Yeah. Because when we we looked up quite a few videos and there weren't a lot about the resort. There was a drone footage. Uh, there was a woman who carried a GoPro throughout her room. And that, that was it. Um, also, and then there was the hotels video, which made it look like the best hotel in the entire exactly. world. Exactly. So they all do. I don't know if anyone listening does this, but this is our thing. I feel like if I told people that we do this, they'd be like, what? Yeah. But this is just a very normal part of our travel planning process is if you're going to book at like a resort and it's, you know, pricey. Yeah. I go immediately go to YouTube and I look for videos so that I can like understand what I'm getting into. Get a real vibe. Exactly. Because like Jason just said, the promo videos are like a professional videographer just did a glamour shot of yeah, this Yeah, there's two models who are like the most attractive humans right, in the world. Right, and I'm like, oh, so do, do I just turn into that model when and I step foot on this premises? there's not another single person at the place. You're like, yeah. okay, so when I book here for $286 out, a night. You clear out everybody. <laughs> you turn me into this wow. model. Wow, and, and then I And then you, what, you slowly have the breeze below yeah. my luscious dress yeah. in the sunset. Okay, let's, so. so anyway, long story short, do you do this, listener? Because this is what we do. We yeah. go look for videos. Um, so we wanted to be one of those videos. So it wasn't, we, wasn't just videos, by the way. It's TripAdvisor. It's of course. like trying to find Google reviews because yeah. uh, a lot of times those are like, you're just getting real people leaving We should do reviews. an entire episode on like some of our travel hacking planning tips. Oh, because yeah. When I met up with my friends in Paris and told them about our extensive how to look through Google reviews to find the best restaurants. Yeah. They were blown away. They were like, how do you keep nailing these restaurant recommendations? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I just like have this very specific thing in Google reviews. I should tell everyone about my Google Street View hack about oh, like yeah. how to look of well, like where and our waymers when we show our Airbnbs because we do like Airbnb tours in our our Wayme update videos we have like a very very I mean calling it a vlog is kind of silly but like it's just a, it is that it's a weekly video update that we give to our waymers and we do a tour of the Airbnb at the end of those updates mm-hmm. and everyone's always like how are you finding these places and I think if they only knew like it's like ten to twenty hours can go into finding one place. It's we're a lot just, of work. We're such nerds. So, and also, we have no children, and this is what we spend our time speaking doing. Speaking of spending 10 to 20 hours, when we were looking at kind of filling out the itinerary, mm-hmm. we had talked about, okay, we're going to be on the island of Crete. Yes. Obviously, the Greek Isles, there's Mykonos, there's Santorini, there's all these other isles. Do we want to go to another one? And the more we talked about it, and we were planning this before the whole recap that we just gave you in last episode, which was a lot. A lot. And so when we were planning, we were like, hmm... Carol's probably going to need some recharge time. Maybe let's not travel to another island. Maybe let's try and just stay in the island of Crete. Yes. And see what we can find. And also, if possible, you know, the island's not huge. It takes probably like, I don't know, four to five hours to drive coast to coast or edge to edge to the island. But maybe let's not go like all the way to the edge because long car rides don't do well for you either. Yes. And boy, am I so glad that we fought the FOMO. Yeah. Because yeah, as much as I would love, it gives us something to go back to and do the whole Greek Isles experience. But for that point in our trip, it was so clutch for us to just not waste time and anxiety on the transportation and to just be able to stay put. And so what I was going to tell everyone is like this week, so let's just first start with where we stayed. So we left the resort and we found this incredible Airbnb listing that was basically only like a 25 minute drive from the resort 
to, um, and it was actually a drive towards, towards the, the airport, airport, which was Oof. even better because then it shortened our ride to the airport. But anyway, in this little uh, kind of like bungalow beach villa yeah. up on this huge hill at the top of the hill of this little, um, what would you call it? A beach it's town a or beach like a town, fishing yeah. village? A Gia Pelagia, I a believe. A Gia Pelagia, I think, yeah. is the little beach town. And by beach town, I mean there's like five restaurants and a cove and like that's it. But it was perfect because what we loved about this is that it had a view and it had a pool. Yeah. And again, as we told you, like this was our vacation time. So we were just, I, all I wanted was to like read my book at a pool. Yeah. That's all I wanted. And I was thinking about it. And this week I think is one of my favorite weeks of this whole trip. Yeah. Where I just like felt really good and we loved the place so much. Yeah. The place, there were three villas that were not connected. So that was kind of nice too, because you're not sharing any walls, which is always like an adventure if you're sharing walls. Uh, and they all had their own pools. They were slightly different layouts. You could like look them up online, but this was the only one that was available. And when we showed up, we we met Despina, mm-hmm. who was the owner of them. And she was also the designer. An engineer. An engineer. Uh, and she was so lovely. And the second we walked in, this is one of those... The photos of this place, and I think if I can remember, I'll put the Airbnb link in the description. We'll also have a video coming out so you'll be able to see it as well. But this is one of those where the, the photos looked so good. Yeah. And so we were like, is this going to live up to the reality? Because, you know, you've stayed in a couple... It was anybody who's traveled to Airbnb is you know, like, mm, this doesn't match up. Right. But we... It absolutely matched up. Oh like, gosh. in person, it, it felt... perfect for us. ...as great. And we told her that, and she just seemed like... We were the kindest people, you know, to say that to her. I think most people just like get in. They're like, see you later. No, it was was, so perfect. She was wonderful. So yeah, we we really spent this week hanging out at this place. We walked down the hill, which was like a 10 minute walk down to the the beach. I thought this walk was going to be like, because you're pretty high up. and And I was like, how? And it looks very rugged, but it turns out it was just a very easy walk. 10 minutes down the hill and then you're you have all these restaurants one restaurant in particular which we absolutely loved yeah. couldn't believe it basically found like a southern california restaurant in incredible yeah um it was this cool restaurant called liber so if you stay anywhere near there definitely head there um and you could tell that that restaurant is built for like the summertime because it's humongous yeah. and it was a little bit like we said off season so um, they had just opened like two days before we got there exactly and if you listen to last week's episode when we were talking about like the restaurant at the hotel and like up their place like we've just run into this where we've been getting to places right as seasons were starting and we've just had this fortune of showing up and they're like yeah you're the only people here but we'd love to serve you and, and we so, get this like very personalized experience yeah. and we chatted with the owner and it was just really or manager and it was fantastic one of our favorite things that we did we went i think we went to this place Three times or two times? Three times. Three times. Uh, we did the most digital nomad thing ever. We were like, we're such a cliche right now. Yeah. We, we after going there one day and really enjoying the food, we decided a couple days later, um, and they had really good Wi-Fi too. We decided yeah. to walk down the hill, get a little bit of exercise, bring our laptops, yep. and we had to do some travel planning. So we ate lunch there and then Just hopped had on a the view, Wi-Fi. We had a view of this little inlet of water. And the water beach. is so blue. Oh, it was so, like I and we were just having like mixed drinks. I was like, this is the most like the only way this could be more digital nomad is if we were in Bali. That would be it. Right. That's like your Bali is at the top of this, and then you have where we were just like having We just this vibe. felt like we were living that cliche. Yeah. Um, but it was it was so lovely and it was just so nice to recharge the batteries. So that was definitely a week that will stand out to me. What was as the other highlight of uh Kokomo Villas? Uno. Uno Deluxe. Uno Deluxe. Yeah, we got into Uno Deluxe. We got heavy into Uno Deluxe. Uh, it was one of the games that were there. Jenga was there, and we played one game of Jenga. I lost. Sorry. Uno Deluxe 
we played, I swear this round went on for like <laughs> two and a half hours. If any of you have played Uno Deluxe, please send us an email and tell us that you have also gotten stuck in like a one hour round. We were like in a time, in a warp where like one of us would get Uno and then the other one would get a couple wilds and like a and draw we had to four. shuffle, like we shuffled like a hundred times. We went through times. the deck. Anyway, it was you great. don't care, but it was no, very just, fun. I think it's fun. I do think people care. I think people are interested in when you're doing this full-time travel life and when you're not just sightseeing because you, you just can't sightsee all the time. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? And so like, this is like a fun We're thing. We just Uno picked Del up this habit of Uno Deluxe. We're playing Uno Deluxe. And we really got into it. Uh, yeah. And so that was the Kokomo Villas. It was a very relaxing time. Every single person we interacted with was like, oh. where are you going to go see? What are you going to go do? And Wait. we're like, we're going to stay here. Wait, we forgot about the one uh, downside of the Kokomo Villas, the only downside oh, of the Kokomo yeah, Villas, yeah. tell everybody what it is. Oikos the stray cat. The stray cat. Yeah. So immediately upon arriving, we noticed that there is not one cat, but two cats that have no collars that decide to like pop up and like yeah. new people who might feed us. Yeah. And you know, you're in a country where you've never been before and you don't know if this cat is friendly, friendly feral, not friendly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was like very hesitant of course, after a couple of days go by, I'm like, okay, this cat is perfectly friendly. It's just they're hungry. Yeah. But I don't want to feed the cat because then the cat will come back. The cat came back no matter what. The this cat, cat was we so tried stubborn. not feeding the cat. Yeah. We tried feeding the cat. The we cat had, got bold yeah. and at one point had a we were having a lovely, nice prepared dinner on the balcony, and the cat jumped up on our table yeah. by the we second had to move plate, inside. Yeah, the cat was like, I'm I'm not having it. Also, we named the cat Oikos in case you were curious because he was Greek and we'd had to give him a name. But also, I know that like Oikos is like an Americanized version. Oh yeah, but of it's an, a cat. Of a Greek word. You know, I didn't name yeah. a person that. I named a cat that. I think it's okay to name a cat <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, that that was you know again like we share the realities of this travel things like it was uncomfortable for you to be outside with this cat roaming around. Do I think this cat was probably just super friendly and like would have loved on us? And if we petted him, he would have been very happy. Absolutely. But also, you're in a foreign place. We don't know where any emergency services are. If he scratched you for some reason. Exactly. What, I'm not you know? going to, that's my thing is I'm like, I'm not going to get taken down by a cat scratch, <laughs> you know, like I'm just not doing it. Yeah. You've tried to get taken down by shingles. You've tried to get yeah. taken down by COVID. And exactly. Just... And I was just feeling better with my shingles. I was not about to risk it on a cat. Yeah. So from there we, uh, we got a taxi, we got taken to the airport and we waited in the airport to get on a flight to go to our next destination, which we will talk about next week. That's right. That's the Pranvel. And we will leave you hanging with... Do you have any uh, hanging information at the airport that you want to share with them? Any hanging yeah, information? Yeah, like anything, you know, like a story you're like, you want to share, like, ooh, we'll pick that back up next week. I do not. Great. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool cliffhanger, bro. <laughs> Say that to yourself. Great job. Like, where were you leading me? Or anywhere you wanted to go. I didn't want to go anywhere. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> I think that's lovely for everybody to get to enjoy. Yeah. Let's get to the meat of this episode, Jason. All right, let's do it. We do have a, a hard stop uh, on this episode. We have to stop at a certain time because we've got a thing going on, um, which is not going to be here. I'm just letting you know because I, I, I literally do have to, like, close this thing now. I know that. Yeah. I'm just sharing. Yeah. Okay. Let's roll. So we have 10 lessons that Jason's learned from his 40 years on this earth. And then sprinkled in, we also have lessons that I, I mean. Listen, these are our lessons. You could say they're my lessons. I think like half of them are my sure. lessons. Half of them are like combined lessons. Yeah. And I think our thought with this episode is just, we hope that some of these resonate with you and might be, you know, helpful reminders for people. A, two people who have been running a business together for four years, and B, a person of your age who is entering a new decade. Hmm. Hmm. 
<laughs> Treading some thin ice there, bud. What's that? Yeah. Age isn't a bad thing. No, aging is a lovely thing. Yeah, I know. But the way that you kind of like looked at me and then said those words. Why do people take aging to be a bad thing? Uh, I'm not taking it. I'm just the inference with your eyes it and your it. face was like, you were like looking no. at me as the old man emoji. Like I went from the bald guy emoji no, that that's I used. No, that's an insecurity. I, like, I went like, right, no, no, I, I saw your face. I'm just <laughs> telling you what your face Okay, did. show me what my face did. I turned into the old man emoji. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into thing number one. Cool, I didn't know my face could turn into emojis. Yeah. So, number one, you wrote this one. Okay. You said, I'd rather have a calm business than a visible business. What did you mean by that, Jason? Yeah, I think this is something that, as you get older, too, this is just a natural progression of you just want to do less things that are taxing energy-wise. You want to do less things that maybe put you out in the public eye. You just kind of want a quieter, calmer existence. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as business stuff goes, I mean, all of my businesses, on like my businesses that I created and were online, they were all a lot of flash. They were a lot of effort. They were a lot of, you know my face everywhere and like you know yeah like you got to be on news segments and things and you know getting mentioned by all these different outlets and whatever and while that's great for the ego like it's just exhausting totally and also it doesn't really get you that far like I am one of the few people who can say my business was promoted on the today show which you could argue for those of us who are in the U.S. who have businesses like maybe 10 years ago, maybe it's completely different now, but like that was a huge thing. No, that is a big, gigantic, it's still a big thing. Like yeah. my business was featured on the homepage of Yahoo. That sounds hilarious right now. Yahoo was basically the number one website in right. 2009. Right. And, and those things like they're cool in the moment, but they don't necessarily actually do much. And the repercussion of you getting introduced and like being in the public eye and like having people see you and more access to you, it's not as rewarding as you might think the, alternate of it might be yeah which is just to like run a business that's profitable that you just have to spend x amount of time running every single week or day of your life and that's it yeah the juxtaposition of the most visibility that you had on your business was also the most unhappy that you ever were 100 percent, and And the most in debt and the most i was working like hours in the day and just all of it yeah and i think something interesting of the way that i relate to this as well is like you know, we, we've never really made like a huge push on social media with wandering aimfully. Like we've been consistent with it. We've not been, but from the beginning, it was just never like a big priority of ours, but now this year going completely dark while we're doing this adventure. So we've never been less visible as two people or with our business, like in terms of like in the public and engaging in that way. And yet like I just can't emphasize enough how much more at peace I feel in my own skin. Yeah. And it's and also- it takes it takes a little bit of like, I think maybe this is something that only comes with age, right? Because you you just go, oh, you get to this point where you're exhausted about caring what other people think of you. Yeah. And and like this year for us could not be more worth sharing. Right. Like this year, if we were, I'm not gonna say strategic because we, we've already thought this through and we just decided not to do it. But it's like, if we really wanted Wandering Aimfully to grow, this would have been the year. Exactly. We could make reels from every destination. We yep. could make all this content. We could be posting so many more videos. We could be doing all this other stuff. But you know what? Like, it's already an exhausting trip. Yeah. And, and it's already really hard for you. And that makes it hard for me. And so it's like, wh- what is it all for? Like, why would we do this? Why would we make this trip stressful? Why would we make this part of running? Like, we're already keeping two businesses afloat and keeping customers happy this year. 
why add a compounding thing for what? Like, what yeah. are you really trying to do? So like, ultimately I think the lesson with that one is just, if you are someone who values, you know, your own mental health, who values having quality time, who values having space and margin in your life, take it from someone who's, you know, gone down both, yeah. both paths. It's, like, I guess it's just validation of knowing that like, it's okay to not be the most visible business or to be the most flashy business or to be the business that everyone, be a boring business, be a boring business. It is a hundred percent. Okay. To be a boring, unboring coaches, but be a boring business. That doesn't mean your business isn't helpful. It doesn't mean your business isn't awesome. It doesn't mean your customers won't love you. It just means that like from the outside looking in, you're not going to be on the homepage of Yahoo. Okay. I'm so sorry. So that's it. That's number one. So number two, and this one was something that I've learned from working on Wayne for, for four years. And I don't know a more eloquent way to say this, but I wrote down the only way you'll find out what works is by being okay with finding out what doesn't. And what I really want to hit home with that is it's so easy for us four years in to have, now that we have a coaching program that works and we do launches and like it, it, we have, it all works, right? Like We have an email list growth strategy that works. We have a sales strategy that works. We have a a customer care plan that works, but it took us years to get there. And I think of how many things we tried, like first starting with building the entire business in public and then that getting it off the ground and then having it really be, you know, changing up different plans and different pricing, pivoting our positioning, doing build without burnout as like a cornerstone product, building an entire six month curriculum. Then we moved on to the onboarding business. You know what I mean? Like we tried so many things and I just think if we would have been afraid to try things because of they might fail, we would never have hit on the thing that actually finally worked. Yeah, and I think this is one of those lessons that it's so hard for you you as a person to hear if you're at the beginning stage of your business, but it's just that like it will take time and it will take experimentation and no one can give you the fast track pass to get your business to be successful. Like your business is so unique to you and how you want to run it and what you want to do and what your unique things are about it that you have to figure all of that stuff out. Even if you're someone who's like, I want to design Squarespace websites for yoga instructors, it's going to be different for you than it is for the 3000 other people that do that. Yeah. And you have to figure out your own way of trying to find clients of trying to work with them, of building processes because you can't take a bunch of other processes and ways of doing things and just like slap them onto yourself and think that they're going to work perfectly. And I think as a caveat to that as well, or like as an addendum, I think not becoming too wrapped up in what your next idea will be not too wrapped up, like almost like too romantic about it or too invested in it. Let's like, yes, be invested in it, but don't try to hinge all of the hopes and dreams of your business on this next idea that you're working on because it may not work out. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, have a little bit of an objective perspective on this experimentation mindset so that it's like, all right, I'm going to try this launch and and for this launch, I'm going to really hit home on this particular feature of my offer. And if it works great. And if it doesn't, I'll move on and I'll try something next launch. And the thing that we always tend to talk about with this is like, you got to think about all the things you're doing in your business, like a scientist, Mm -hmm. this is an experiment fail or succeed. I'm not going to be emotional about it. I'm just going to, okay, great. That's awesome. I learned something, move forward. But the thing is, you're going to learn the most from all the failed experiments. That's the truth. And they do hurt. They do hurt. And they are uncomfortable. But you know what? Like the more that you do, the easier it gets to deal with the ones that don't work out and the less misses that you have going forward. Like we're very fortunate now, four years in, 
we know who our audience is. We know what they care about. We know what they're looking but to get from us. But only because we got through so many exactly. of those misses. And if there's one thing I wish that you would take away, it's that the next time that it doesn't, that an experiment that you run doesn't go your way, a launch that you have zero sales or you gauge interest of a new course idea and nobody cares, like whatever that quote unquote failure is, I want you to just like, take a second to just be grateful to yourself that you tried something like call it a win. Like you tried something. You can cross that off the list of things of ideas and move on to the next one. Absolutely. Speaking of moving on to the next one, moving on to the next one. Uh, this is, we're just going to bop back and forth. So this is one of Jason's lessons from being 40. The way things have always been done is not the way that things have to be done. I mean, this is just something that I, is in my DNA. Correct. And so I think for a lot of people, it can feel very uncomfortable to go against the grain, to do things differently, to own your weird, to use the phrase that ended up as the title of my book, my second book. And it's, it's just one of those things that I have continued to see the value in seeing how someone's doing something yep. and just going, eh, I'm going to do that differently. Yep. Because number one, I'm not going to feel personally satisfied if I just copy and paste what mm-hmm. someone else has done. But number two, I also know that, okay, well, that person's already doing that. So how can I do it differently? Because no one needs that again. Not to mention a lot of the ways that we do things that goes for business, that goes for society, that goes for cultural norms. It doesn't work for everyone. For sure. And so it's taking a look at the way that things are customarily and going, can I make that better? Can I make that unique? Can I make that different? Like I think about your first book creativity for sale. And you just said, Oh yeah. You know what? Like I like what, how could I do this differently instead of a publishing company giving me a book advance? How could I write my own book advance? Well, and and the, I think the most, the linchpin moment of my first book, creativity for sale. And if you don't know anything about that, I wrote a book. Um, I essentially crowdfunded the book, if you will, by having little sponsored ads at the bottom of every page and little text ads, like 140 characters. And I ended up making $75,000 in those ads for the book. And the reason that that happened is not because I had this genius idea to do it. It's because I reached out to a bunch of entrepreneurial friends who were authors and said, Hey, what can I expect as a first time author from a publisher as far as an advance? Like I want to make money writing a book mm-hmm. and like, Oh, you're not going to make money writing your first book. Right. All it is is a marketing tool. And so my brain heard like, hold on a second. The way that you all are doing this is not the way that I have to do it. I don't yeah. have to just see it this way. What's a creative angle I could find. If on you would have just accepted that exactly. and said, Oh, there's no way I'm going to make any money. I can't, I'm a first time author. That's not the way that things work guess what? You yeah. figured out a way. And was it easy? Absolutely not. Right. Was it a lot of work to make $75,000 on my first book? Absolutely. Is my first book embarrassing for me to go back and read? 100%. But you know what? It it got done and it opened up a whole new set of doors for me on understanding what was possible mm-hmm. and believing in myself and my ideas and knowing, especially for me at that time, I had just come off my I Read Shirt project. Like, I thought I was a one hit wonder at that time. So like this was really helpful to me to be like, oh, okay, I can come up with more ideas that are really interesting and different and unique. Yeah. And you've just continued to do that and you will continue to do that for the rest of your life is just always asking, how can I do it differently? As an old man emoji, you know, I will. Did my face turn into the old man emoji when I said that? Okay. Uh, Moving on. Number four. So this is bopping it back to me. Something I've learned from four years running WAME. 
take the risk and lean into growth. So going back to when Jason, just in, in case you don't know the backstory of how Wondering Infly came to be, Jason had a business called Jason Does Stuff. He was doing online courses and things like that on marketing. I had a business called Made Vibrant. I was doing design things, hand lettering, more creative stuff. And Jason basically was like, we're kind of doing the same thing with, there's like a lot of overlap in the things we talk about, even though we come at it from different angles. What do you think about combining businesses? Yeah. And it took about a year to convince me to do this. <laughs> I remember so many walks just like trying to get you to see the like opportunity for us to do this. Yeah. And, and you clearly knew that we were better together as a team. Totally. But I think there was definitely this resistance from, from your side of like, well, I don't want to give up my independence. Totally. Which, totally. which I understand for sure. Yeah. But the, the bigger point here that I want to make is like, it was just such a big move. Yeah. Like it was such a big decision. It felt so like shaking up everything that I knew about what I was working on day in and day out to take a risk on this thing that I didn't even know what it was going to be, yeah. you know? But the thing that actually ultimately convinced me I, cause I was going back and forth for so long of like, should I, or shouldn't I, is this the right thing? Is this the wrong thing? Meanwhile, I was interviewing other people to see if I could <laughs> no. find somebody else. <laughs> and what I was really asking myself was, will this work or will it not? But like, ultimately what I realized is it's not about, will it work or will it not? It's about, am I going to learn something by doing it? Am I going to put myself out there and be uncomfortable and take a risk? And is that going to make me grow whether it works or it doesn't? Yeah. And that's what ultimately made the decision for me because when I, even though the irony is that I'm such a like afraid person, <laughs> I'm such a person who resists uncertainty. I'm such a person who, uh, you know, just likes my comfort, but at the heart of me is someone who just wants to grow no matter what. Right. And so I think I'll always put myself in that a situation to take the risk. It's just it not just always, takes a while. yeah, it's just not always going to come right away. And I think that's a really important note just for anybody who's listening to this that doesn't feel like a risk taker themselves mm -hmm. is that you, you don't have to feel comfortable taking risks. Yes. Like the difference between the two of us is I am very comfortable taking risks. Mm -hmm. It's just how I'm wired or what have you, or it's, innate it, it's privilege it's all of those things that come along with being a white male in the society that we are mm -hmm. in right now and so i just don't worry about those things but mm -hmm. you know for you there's a lot more resistance there's a lot more apprehension and i think that anybody listening to this who might have that same resistance and apprehension it's just helpful to hear someone say like i still want to do those things it's just going to take me longer to get there yeah and as you were just talking i had sort of a little bit of an epiphany of realizing when you just phrased it like that I'm not comfortable taking risks in the micro sense, but I'm comfortable taking risks in the macro sense. So what I mean by that is like in the moment, in the tiny measured in minutes and days and maybe even weeks, I'm so uncomfortable taking risks, like taking this trip or moving to California yeah. or any of these things. But if I zoom the lens out to my whole life, I can't imagine a life where I look at the macro view and I don't see that I took any risks or I didn't try something new. Like in the macro view, I actually quite like upheaving my life and feeling totally out of my element and doing something different. Cause I like the growth that it brings on. And I like feeling like my life isn't just one note, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that in case anyone is sort of wired like me in that sense. And maybe if you're fumbling through a big decision right now and wondering, should you take the risk? maybe that realization will help you clarify that answer. And I think one of the ways to do that is also just to write out all the worst case scenarios, which is exactly what we did with Wandering Aimfully. We're like, yep. if this doesn't work after a year or whatever, 
we can just go back to our previous businesses. Like, yep. it's okay. No one's going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Yeah. You're not allowed to go back to Jason Does Stuff. You're now Jason Doesn't Stuff. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> what? How do I put a contraction in a URL? Okay, what's next? <laughs> Moving, talking about uh, taking risks. Number five is your advice of you don't get what you don't ask for. Yeah, and this kind of curtails off of the creativity for sale story, but it's basically like every business that I've started since 2008 has been about doing things and asking for things that most people probably wouldn't ask for. Like I asked people to pay me to wear a t-shirt every single day of the year for a year with this weird pricing structure at a dollar per day. And I was just thinking about this. I was taking a shower before this. Like, do you remember the question that I used to get asked all the time? What do you do? Which is like, where are people going to see me in your shirt? Oh, that's shirts? right. That's right. That was the question people could not. And, and remind like, you. Where are you going to go in my shirt? This is 2009. <laughs> yeah. So like social media was not yet You're like, prevalent you everywhere. Where am I going to go? I'm going to post a YouTube video yeah. and I'm going to post about it on social media. It, and hundreds of people yeah. are going to see it versus if I went to the the grocery the store. Yeah. Well, and it, it's just so funny to think like just now 13 years ago or however long it is, the mindset was you have to go out in public for people to see you. Mm -hmm. Now the mindset is like, why would you go out in public? Like put it on Twitter, put it on yeah. TikTok, put it on this. Like you're going to go viral. Like you got to get it online. And, and so, yeah, this, you don't get what you don't ask for thing has been so prevalent in so many different things. Selling my last name. Like what a bizarre thing to do. Yeah. Also tell people about, cause I think this really illustrates it about the buzz time tour that oh, we did yeah. just because from a business perspective, I, I want people to really hit home this idea of like pitch. If you have an idea, yeah. if you can just get over the fear of pitching that idea to businesses, you can create your own opportunities. Yeah. Uh, there was a sponsor who I had worked with like one or two times before and they, they came back and they're like, Oh, we really love like working with you. This is still the Irish shirt time, but Irish shirt had like kind of just come to an end and they're like, we want to do something like we've got, you know, this much of a budget. Like, is there anything you want to do? And I was like, all right, well, they probably just want like, a couple videos. Like, I'll just dance around the neighborhood like I always do and be silly. I was like, wait, like, what if we just do like something weird? You're and like, what would I want to do? Exactly. And I think we all cobbled together. There was uh, another guy, Sean, who was working with us at the time. And we're like, what if we did this road trip? We went to like a bunch of different cities. We had this vehicle, like an SUV that was just wrapped in like this weird brand that we made up. And we just like shared this whole like trivia and like we thing. basically we just played trivia drank beer <laughs> and went to different <laughs> cities and then like made videos about it and it and it was just basically it was a sponsored road trip like yeah. it was so fun and we it was just came from us being like they'll never go for this right yeah. but like we wrote it all out yeah. we, we explained what the value proposition was and they totally went for it and we got paid to drink beer and play trivia <laughs> at different buffalo wild wings around the country they also loved it because and again, this just goes back to like, you don't get what you're asked for. So many people just regurgitate the same things, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, like I'm going to like tweet about you a couple of times. I'm going to make a YouTube video. She's like, we're going to get a car. We're going to wrap it in this weird branding we're going to make up. We're going to make this little website. People can meet us at these other places. We're going to have these little things, these little like goodie bags, like whatever. They're, they're like, yeah, hundred percent. Like, please. And so many people say no for the other person exactly. before they ever get a chance to get the no. Yeah. So you don't get what you don't ask for. Yeah. All right. Number six. I think what I've learned is take people on the journey and let yourself be vulnerable. So this is what, a huge thing that Wandering Aimfully has taught me. Along the way, a pa through the past four years, we have not had it all figured out. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, no, you didn't know that? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think in this 
time, people are so concerned with the fact that they need to have all their shit together to be like a leader or, you know, a thought leader in their industry yeah. or whatever. And you and I have just never had any interest in pretending that we have shit figured out. Yeah. We just have not. And I think for the folks listening to this, you watch and consume so much content from people who live a, a, a like imperfect life. And I think that the thing there is in business, if you can take people on the journey with you, like we've seen this work out so many times, like the perfect example of this is when we were building Wandering Aimfully, mm-hmm. we had a site, it's actually still up, you can still see it at build.wanderingaimfully.com. And we were just, like we thought it was gonna be this like five weeks, we're gonna get <laughs> Wandering Aimfully up. It ends up taking five months. Yep. We ended up spending $30,000, which is basically like three times more than we wanted to spend. It drained all of our savings at the yep. time. We like had this developer that basically screwed us over, but it finally worked out. And and it was just like, there were multiple times when we like both were just like an emotional wreck with this yeah. business. But we just shared that and we were just honest. And what we found is that so many of you who are listening to this found us through there and it became this relatable, rem- relatable moment where you were like, oh, they're just like I am. Like it's not perfect. You're not just going to start a business and it's going to be successful. Yeah, and my favorite reason also by letting people in a little bit and being vulnerable about the things you're going through or like when I went through all of my anxiety stuff in 2019, by letting people into that, you also let them into your reasoning behind wanting to pivot the business or do different things or it really gets them invested in your journey as customers, as customers of your business. And so you know, people ask us all the time, like, oh, well, I'm afraid to like piss off my customers if I pivot or, or all this. And it's like, if you take your people along on the journey with you, they will support you. Yeah. Like they will rally behind you because they know you, you, you have let them know you. Yeah. And so, you know, when I did my anxiety stuff or when we said, we're going to scale back because of my energy levels or because of this or that. And it's like, people are always like, rallying behind us and being like, great, good for you, you know? And it's because they know why and they know us. And I think the other thing, like a lesson there for especially client-based business owners is if you deal with chronic illness, anxiety, depression, anything that just makes work hard for you on a consistent basis is for you to let your clients know ahead of time that you have Mm -hmm. those things that, that might derail a project slightly so that when something comes up, because it will, you can let them know and they go, Oh, I understand. I know that you deal with this. This is a difficult thing. Please take all the time you need as opposed to you hiding those things. And then when the shit hits the fan and you can't respond and they're like, Hey, you're ghosting me. Like what's going on? It's like, no, you were honest with them up front about who you are as a person and what you do. And what also happens when you do that and you reveal those things up front, let's say, let's say your biggest fear is that a client then goes, well, I can't, I need someone who's like hundred percent reliable all the time. Great. They can go away. That's not a good client. That is not a good client for you. If they're not going to like see you as a human being and be okay with it, yeah, it's not good. All right, what's next? Well, funny you touched on this, but yours for number seven was just be less perfect. Yeah, this is definitely something that I have had to fight forever. And I I would argue that you could look back at all the content that I made over the years and none of it's perfect, but like I had my own level of perfection. Yeah, I guess it's less be less perfect because that's like insinuating that you think you're perfect, but it's like care less about being perfect. Exactly. And and I think that like the pining over the quality of footage, the uh, caring about the layout of things, like I'll tell you, there have been so many features of Tree, the software application that we now run together 
that I wish went a whole different direction or a layout that I really wanted that just didn't happen. And and I can actually tell you today we are releasing a feature and I wanted it to go completely differently, but there were just technical limitations. And I've now learned over the years just to be like, all right. Yeah. And you could never get to version seven if you don't go through versions one, two, three, four, five, and six. Yeah. And if you, if you get held up in this idea of like this thing that I'm creating has to be perfect and like has to be the, like the best I can do right now it might not get done for years yeah. as opposed to just like rolling out something crappy and just being like, Hey, I'm going to do my best and we're going to just see how it goes. Yeah. I told you this story about in 2011 before I had ever run a business or started an online anything. I just wanted to start a blog. (laughs) And for a year, I didn't start a blog, even though I really, really wanted to, because I couldn't think of the perfect name one year for a full freaking year until finally I was so fed up with myself. A year rolled around and I was like, this is stupid. And I just came up with a stupid name. What'd you end up with? Clumsy, crafty, happy. Dot Three blogspot. words. <laughs> and guess what? That got my entire online yeah. business career started because I just finally said, I'm not going to wait for it to be perfect anymore. Yep. All right. Okay. Moving on to number eight. Yep. You are the one in control of your life and business. So don't make it shitty. Don't make it shitty. <laughs> don't make it shitty. If you are someone who has your own business... And basically this all boils down to control what you can control and don't put yourself in a position to be your own shitty boss. This is something that we run into all the time where we like pile all this work on ourselves. And I think we've gotten a lot better at it over the years. And I give you a lot of credit for helping us build systems and processes, but we pile on all this stuff and we're just like, who is doing this? Like, it's like, who did this? You like look around and you're like, who is the asshole that is around here giving me all this work? Yeah, and this is you, too much work for one and person. And then you realize as you look at all the walls, they're all mirrors. And you're like, shit, 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 shit. It's only me. <laughs> and I, I think this is something, again, it's like a lot of these pieces of advice. No one can give this to you and you can know exactly how to fix this other than you just have to understand over and over again, keep telling yourself like, hey, don't be a shitty boss to and yourself. Like, set your own boundaries to yourself. Exactly. It's like, if you're tired of working till midnight, stop working till midnight. <laughs> tell yourself that you need to quit working at 6 PM. Like yeah. you have to be your own advocate. Yep. And like, sometimes there's like two forces within your body. It's like the worker and the boss. Yep. And sometimes you have to stand up to your inner boss and be like, this is a shitty work environment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to make some changes around here. hundred percent. We're not going to do calls on Monday mornings when I hate it. Yeah. We're not going to work on the weekends when I'd rather be at my kid's baseball game. We're and not those, doing it. Those actually are the simple things of not being a shitty boss and not being shitty to yourself that matter. Yeah. So it's, if you don't want to take calls on Mondays, don't take calls on Mondays. If you don't want to do client emails on Fridays, tell your clients you're not available on Fridays. Like you set the tone for your business Make it work for you and pick the things that you want to make it a better work environment for you. Okay, that's a good one. Number nine, we have two left. This is for you. Try and have some fun. Very much coming off of that last one of not being a shitty boss. The other part of that, and we've run into this many times where we we have like all this stuff that we're trying to do and we'll be in this like stressful thing because we're feeling overwhelmed and all this stuff and like I'll just like throw a journal on the floor and I'm like, this is not fun. Yeah. And it just comes back to this idea of like, listen, we get it. Work is not always going to be fun. Do You know, working for your clients, getting things done for them, creating products for your customers, sending out the email, posting the social media content, like all this stuff, like it's not always going to be fun, obviously. Let's not even talk about taxes and all that crap. But there are a lot of opportunities where you can sit back and go, but also like, how can I make this fun? Yeah. You know, like maybe my content creation day is like, I listen to Whitney Houston's best hits for an hour. Mm -hmm. Then I get into content creation for three hours. And like, that's my content creation day. And it's fun. What I'm not going to do is like, get up at 6 a.m., 
slog through my emails, then sit down and like try and rack my brain for ideas. It's like, you're setting yourself up for failure. A, you're being a shitty boss. And then B, is that fun? Like, are you actually having fun? Like have fun doing these things. Yeah. And I think the bigger concept there also is just about what is it all for? Right. Not to be meta about the podcast, but it's really about enjoying the journey. And so you have to take a step back every so often and go, am I doing in pursuit of whatever my goals are? Am I doing this in a way that I am enjoying? Yeah. Like, am I enjoying this? And so that's really what you're talking about is like every so often we get in these little ruts where we have to take a step back and go, are we enjoying this? Because it doesn't feel like we are. Yeah. And what, like a perfect example is this podcast. Like we know that we could make this podcast so much more, maybe like shareable and like story driven and like a whole like high concept business podcast that a lot more people would find. But you know what? It probably wouldn't be fun. You know what's fun? Sitting with our legs intertangled on a couch just and just some like foot face shooting mm. the shit, you know, <laughs> I'm a feet smelling. Not great. You've kind of moved them <laughs> and I appreciate you for yeah. it. All right. What's our last thing here and to wrap finally, it up? finally, over four years of having Wandering Aimfully, I just have to say, I have just learned, of it's, and it's super simple, but just actually care about your customers. Like really actually care about the people who are, you're serving and that will continue to fuel you for years to come. Yep. Um, I think even in moments where, you know, either I've, I'm less motivated or I fall out of love with the business because that happens. I just, all I have to do is just remind myself of actual real people yep. who we've helped and I read some of their messages and I remind myself that even if some of these, the things are like old hat to me, somebody in Wayne just came across this for the first time and it changed their perspective and I'm instantly re-energized and I just think it's because I actually care yeah. that, that people's lives are being impacted. Um, and also just they're the reason that Wayne is and continues to be successful because we never have had like super a ton of marketing, but it's yeah. like people it's word of mouth marketing. It's people just enjoying the experience. That's what fuels the business. And so that care does go a long way. I mean, that's not the reason to do it, but it is just, you know, a result of caring about your I people. would say a lot of people could look at their businesses and go, the number one driver of all revenue for my business is Facebook ads, is Instagram marketing, is B2B, you know, networking or whatever. For us, the number one driver is word of mouth. Yep. It always has been. It always will be. We also love word of mouth because it's not an algorithm. It's not going to change. You know what we, we do? We care about people. Those people understand that we care about them. And then when we ask them to do something, typically they're ready to raise their hand to do it for us in some way, or they raise their hand without us even asking. And it helps us grow our businesses. And that doesn't happen through some slick strategy of like the psychology of people and like how we're like training them to do things for us. No, it's us caring. It's someone saying like, hey, I can't make my monthly payment this month because I'm going through a tough divorce and it really sucks. And it's us going, you know what? Just you're done paying Wayne. Like we just did this for someone a couple weeks ago. Like it's just, it's fine. Like you owed us like $200 more. It doesn't matter. Like I would rather you not have to worry about your divorce. Like that sucks. That's so hard to go through. And it's just being a human. And I think for so many people, the humanity of business gets lost when profit is so much the driver of what you're doing every single day. And why is it the driver? Because that's all we see. Like when you hop onto your Instagram feed and you start clicking through stories, it's people telling you how to 10 X this and five X that, but you know what? None of those X's relate to 
people. Being better to people. Yeah. And that actually pays off. And we've seen it pay off over and over and over again. And again, it's not some strategy. Like we don't think about it that way. We just think about in the moment, oh, this person needs like, you know, just like a high five in their life. Let's give that to them in some way and whatever that looks like. So I think those are those things that are the unscalable business things that we've done. And thankfully they've come to us naturally. Like no one's had to tell them this. Yeah. But maybe you're listening to this and you're like, oh, you know what? Like I have really been stuck in like the Facebook ads world or the this or the that. And like, I haven't just like emailed 20 of my customers individually just to say like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And just like started a conversation with people to see what's going on in their lives. Because that stuff doesn't scale, but it does go a long way. Definitely. Those are 10 lessons. It was five lessons from Jason's 40 years. It was yeah. five lessons from four years of WAME. It's yeah. a lot of math, honestly. I want to give one more bonus lesson. Okay, you've got three yeah. minutes. Uh, eat cinnamon rolls. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like whatever type. No, no, no. Let's change it. Find your cinnamon roll. Oh, wow. Nice. Because it's, member embracing you. That's Those really... of you who are along yeah, with our yeah, Embracing You journey. True. Not everybody is a cinnamon roll gal or well, girl or yeah. non-binary person. And yeah. so it's like fun. They're wrong. For sure. Like the fact that they're not choosing cinnamon <laughs> rolls, like they are incorrect. No, they're But rollers. I will I will say that if a cinnamon roll is not your favorite, yeah. I guess you can pick some other pastry if you want and enjoy it. You know what enjoy I mean? It. Just like find your thing. Find your thing that brings it, you joy. Talk about it. This is not actually an extra tip. It's just me being silly. It is a episode. little bit of, of a tip though. Hey, I wanted to say uh, just a big thank you to you and I'm so glad we're on this journey together. That's you listening, but I also pointed directly and made eye contact with Carol. So yeah, it was for who Carol are you too. talking to? It's for you. Are you talking to, <laughs> <laughs> are you talking to the person right now, listening or me? Right now you have the like confused <laughs> face. Is it me? It's for you. Oh, that's the listener Jason (laughs) stop it yeah it's been great to be on this journey with you (laughs) also like instead of saying like this trip you said journey which could just be like anything exactly are you talking to me I'm always talking to you the listener everybody (laughs) (laughs) all right we thank you for listening so much that's them who are on the other end uh, Carol listens to me about half the times throughout the days and about it's half true. my life so far. It's true. And here's hey, to another 40 years. Yeah, happy birthday. Oh, thanks so much. It was like a month ago, so I really appreciate Way to that. just keep... Thanks for making me feel special. Oh, you yeah. are special. You're my favorite person in the whole world, and you know that. Even though I'm now an old man emoji. Ugh, I like really you better. need to get a cinnamon roll emoji. I like you emoji. better. I'm so tired. Every year that goes by, you get better. I'm not having a cinnamon roll emoji. Who do I... What senator do I have to call to do this? <laughs> Is that a thing? Is there a cinnamon roll person who could take care of that senator role nice great way to end (laughs) it all right that's it everybody you're fantastic we love your faces we hope you're glad to have us back in your ears we're glad to be in your ears we'll be back next week with another episode give them the cliffhanger of the travel like tell them about it we went to an airport and you'll never guess what we saw nice (laughs) thanks nice it was airplanes it was was a dog in the suitcase (laughs) okay bye (laughs)